Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The age of COVID has brought a daily round of alarming statistics. And now, here's another a leading law firm says there was a 122% increase in divorce inquiries between July and October, compared with the same period last year. Right now, some relationships are reacting to this traumatic experience as opposed to the problems within the relationship. So it has been, for a lot of people, a bit like an out-of-body experience. Is the pandemic and lockdown putting untenable pressure on otherwise healthy relationships or is it bringing some people a new clarity about what they want from life? I'm glad I was brave enough to leave. And I think, you know, maybe that bravery, leaving that, made me feel brave about everything and think, well, I may as well go and live the sort of life I've always fantasised about and wanted. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, love and lockdown, the rise in divorces and breakups. When the first lockdown was announced, there was a moment when the government and the chief scientists gave everyone a bit of relationship advice. This, they told us, was one of those deciding moments. They should uh, just test the strengths of their relationship and decide whether one wishes to be permanently resident in another household. Married couples everywhere hunkered down. Others found themselves moving in with people they'd only just started dating. And for some, like features writer Katie Glass, that moment brought clarity to a long-term relationship. I guess that, that was one big thing, is that very early on, I sort of was conscious it was going to be an ongoing situation. So that's how it had started. And we had been together for six, seven years, and we had been engaged for sort of two or three years. Obviously, you know, we were looking at a wedding and we'd been trying to sort of plan it, but really up against the fact it's so expensive now to get married. You know, thinking, oh, we want to buy a house and we wanted to have children. And so I'd started exploring IVF because I wasn't getting pregnant. We'd been putting off and putting off the wedding and we'd explored all these different options of different ways, you know, oh, maybe we could do it in a friend's field or maybe we could just run off and do it in Vegas because we were really worried about the money. And then when lockdown actually came and there we were sort of in the house together, we had this just really romantic moment where I think we really came together at this first bit of lockdown. So we had this moment and suddenly there we were together and we'd really sort of pulled it off and we knew what was going to happen. And, and he sort of turned to me and said, you know, let's just do it. Let's just get married. And why don't we do a Zoom wedding? And it suddenly seemed like, oh, yeah, it's perfect. You know, it felt like, great, we could invite all our friends and it would be cheap. And we would just sort of do it because 
we were in love. So we had all these sort of grand plans suddenly. And then lockdown came and it was all off. I think weddings were one of the first things to go. So we'd missed the boat. And then within weeks, it had all fallen apart. And obviously, I think we were both glad we hadn't sort of done it. So what is it about lockdown that's causing so many rifts? What can people do to protect their relationships when they're faced with such extreme conditions? It's time to consult an expert. My name's Emma Kenny. I'm a psychologist and also a broadcaster. How are relationships responding to the pressures of lockdown? I do think that one of the things that we could say about the last 12 months is it's been a period of trauma. So even if you're somebody who thinks that you fared really well and your resilience feels like it's not been too badly affected, it will have been affected to some degree. Whenever there is a change in state, and particularly when there's a traumatic experience, and if you think about the origin right the way through till now, it's not been resolved, so we're still dealing with that. That's considered the eye of the storm. And when you have that eye of the storm, a bit like when you lose somebody really close to you from grief, it changes the way you think, feel, act. It just has that impact. So we'd usually say to people, you want a good six to 12 months before you make any major life decisions. Take, for example, somebody who gets burgled, knee-jerk reaction is to move straight away. We would not advise that because you're not processing the reality of what's happened within that event. You've not got time to settle your feelings. You're reacting instead. And a little bit like that right now, some relationships, are reacting to this traumatic experience as opposed to the problems within the relationship. So it has been for a lot of people a bit like an out-of-body experience. You don't know how you feel. You don't know what is yours, what is the relationships, or what is the wider collateral of the world. You just know you don't feel happy. And we've been done a huge amount of telling people, you know, what they've got to not do, but we haven't actually spent any time advising people of how to make themselves mentally and physically healthy and how to use their relationships in a way that that can be inspired and cultivate change in a positive way. So I think that we've kind of left people stood, you know, as like rabbits staring at the headlights without the resources and equipment to navigate it. And that's a problem because we are going to get people who are reacting to this by leaving their relationships that maybe wouldn't need to leave them if they had the advice and guidance that's required to help them navigate this really challenging time. And what advice do you give to couples who are struggling? I would always give the same advice to anybody when you are entering a situation where there are problems in your relationship. First of all, normalise it. Unless you're in an abusive situation, in which case you should run for the hills and never look back. If it is actually to do with the fact that you've just started to not like your partner, resent your partner, feel that your partner's not doing enough, you know, you've started to kind of lose interest to some degree. One of the most important things to do is to pause. It really is. It's really a reactive way that we live these days. Everything's about what we need to do next. And my job is to help people to say, well, maybe I just need to stop. I need to actually bring things back to the here and now. And then I need to do an amnesty around what's mine and what's theirs and what's the world's. Almost like a spider graph, you in the centre, and then looking at the issues that are upsetting you, and then deciding which bits of that really are the relationship or actually the wider concerns, or indeed your own emotional collateral. From that point, it can be always really helpful to just sit down with your partner and just discuss the realities of where you both are on that page. And I don't think we do. I think we are hurt, and we feel that if we can change a certain situation in our life, everything else will resolve, but it won't. I do think that we rush a lot of these things because we've been told that everything's about reacting, but actually sometimes when it comes down to relationships, it's having that 
in mind that great relationships survive in spite of conflict, not because they fail to have it. And like I said, even though this time of year is when everybody gets divorced, I think there's so much additional collateral that people need to be really careful about making those knee-jerk decisions. It won't change anything unless it is the relationship that's the problem. The pandemic and lockdown have been a challenge for everyone. But findings from numerous studies during this period have suggested that a disproportionate share of housework and childcare is still falling on women, which is one of the causes of conflict. One of the big problems that we are seeing is the gender split. Like it or otherwise, no matter how equal we are in our society, or at least we try to attain equality, particularly in relationships where it's a heterosexual relationship, the male and female, it seems that the woman is taking on more of the housework, even though she may be working full time and dealing with the children, as well as all those other issues. Now, part of that is to do with the schema that we bring people up with still in the UK, whether we like that or otherwise, it's a very Western-centric model. So women get a harder deal at home on the whole, not always, but on the whole, that's what the research is saying. That leads to resentments and it leads to hoarding of those resentments. And then, of course, getting to a point where there's no work-life balance and it feels like, well, what's the point of having a partner if I'm doing it all by myself? Which brings us back to Katie's story. I found myself picking up more and more of the housework. Is it a default woman's position? I suppose the, the truth is I grew up in a house where even though my mum was a feminist, she still did most of the housework. So when things needed doing, I just sort of did them. And at first in lockdown, of course, remember when everyone was super into like baking banana bread and all that stuff and we thought it was a novelty. So of course I was like that too. Oh, you know, I'll make nice meals for us. Nothing to do around the house. They sort of start madly tidying and sort of busied myself. It was probably a bit of a coping mechanism. I mean, the truth is, because I'm normally a professional woman who's away all the time for work, for me, it was a real novelty value to be around the house, vacuuming and sort of shimmying around and being like, look at me, I'm a housewife. You know, of course, actually, as we've seen for other people, women have taken on the bulk of the housework because it's gone on for months. You know, other people are finding themselves in this situation too. I quite quickly got very bored of it. I started sort of looking at him thinking, well, you know, when are you going to start, you know, taking up some of the housework? So I felt like my work was starting to really suffer. I was doing way more of the housework. I mean, there's no question. I was annoyed about it because my day was really being taken up by trying to do stuff around the house that he just wasn't interested in. It's a big moment when you're looking at someone and you're going to marry them. And I suppose, you know, it was a big thing for me having been single or being able to live like a single woman at least, and had a lot of freedom in my life. I guess in some ways I was nervous about marriage anyway, when I really thought, gosh, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with this person, and when I need help around the house, it's not something he's getting involved in. Of course, you know, this is someone I'm going to marry, this is also someone I'm going to have children with. I just sort of thought, gosh, when I have children with this person, I wasn't planning on giving up my career or anything changing, but it became apparent it was a really, you know, unbalanced sort of home life. So that was... A problem, And that's what I mean when I say it's not like I stopped loving him any less, but it started to really impact me. I mean, it made me unhappy and it made me feel really trapped and, I mean, just sort of unfulfilled. But was it just the housework that started to get to you or was there a realisation of, of deeper problems? So I was going to say it started with the housework. I mean, I wouldn't have walked out on my marriage and seven-year relationship just because of some housework. That was sort of where it started. And then a whole load of other factors came in which were unique to lockdown. So, of course, we've both 
really started losing work. And so we suddenly had this additional stress. We both started losing work or re-managing how we were going to work. You know, I couldn't go and interview people. You know, he couldn't kind of go to meetings. So, like, how was that going to work in the house? And I guess that that made the housework situation difficult because, you know, what it's like as a freelance journalist, people sometimes call you up, but often you have to sort of go and hustle for your work, right? So you have to be, you know, thinking of ideas and sending in pitches and trying to find a new way to do things because normally I would be out going and meeting people and doing interviews and hearing story ideas. And so actually I was more not just annoyed about the housework situation, but like it was causing me real issues. I was concerned about how is this going to impact my career that I've worked very hard for. And I guess other stuff was going on. We had started the very early steps of the journey towards IVF. So I hadn't been getting pregnant and I had gone to see a fertility doctor and started taking medication. And I'm 39. And so that in itself was a very sort of emotional thing that I was concerned about. And if you remember at the beginning of lockdown, they sort of called off all the IVF and I couldn't go and see the doctor. So all these sort of emotional factors were coming in. So I was really concerned about that, concerned about the fact this is my last chance to get pregnant. We both had vulnerable family members we were really worried about. So another thing that was sort of happening is we were dealing with this huge amount of stress, both of us. And for the first time in our relationship, I realised we were really, really terrible at dealing with stress together. I got incredibly anxious and he got really irritable. And it was just a disastrous combination. So I would sort of go to him in a panic for reassurance. And he would be so annoyed I had sort of interrupted him. You know, it was just like the absolute worst. And that was a new thing for our relationship where I was looking at it thinking, okay, well, this is someone I'm going to take on a mortgage with. You know, I might be taking on what I'd be having children with. Like, I could see that all through our life together, we were going to be facing all these problems. And as a couple, we were just so bad at dealing with stress that he just seemed to want peace. And I wanted reassurance, you know, and neither of us could get the thing we wanted. For Katie and her fiancé, their relationship was in crisis. But have others flourished under lockdown? We'll have more in just a moment. Get to the heart of the stories that matter every day. Subscribe to The Times and The Sunday Times today and get one month free. Search for thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The pandemic has tested relationships, leading to a spike in divorce rates. But are there some couples who've benefited from spending more time together? At the beginning of lockdown, probably about two months into it, there were a few pieces of research that suggested that for some couples it had been a real benefit. It did tend to be couples who weren't worried about money, so they were both working at home or they were furloughed or one was furloughed and the other was working at home. So the stresses had been decreased to some point as opposed to increased makes perfect sense if you're in a situation where you've potentially had a year off and you're going back to a public sense you know public um, service job then you're probably going to have had a better time had time for each other got to know each other in a different way and the stresses that would have ordinarily been there aren't there maybe even become more financially independent because you've not had the travel and commute and all those extra essential things that you spend money on when you're going to work so for those couples it's probably likely they will have had a better experience and certainly for those people who've got young children and they've both been able to dedicate time to those children that bonding and that family unification is going to be definitely important I also think the other side of it is that you can find somebody very sexually attractive when you see them in a new state so you might just see your partner when they come in at night and when you say goodbye to them in the morning and that's it for their job but suddenly you see them on the phone and they're making decisions and they're on Zoom chats being really authoritative. And that can be really powerfully attractive. So in those situations, you'll probably have given them some more gravitas as far as their attractiveness level goes. And that will have inspired you to probably feel more bonded to that person. So like I said, as long as the contributory factors have been reduced as opposed to increased. But I think it's going to be really difficult for two people who maybe have a young family who found themselves without any financial support which we know has happened for three million people or are living in poverty like 14 million people in the UK and then add to that the fact that they're worried about the employment landscape and add to that the fact that maybe one of them struggling with their mental health and isn't pulling their weight because of their own issues then it would be very difficult to imagine that those individuals have found this a nice experience or that their experience at the end of this is feeling really connected to their partner it's probably the opposite at the moment with lockdown expected to continue for some time yet law firms are being flooded with inquiries about divorce i'm lucy gould i'm a senior associate at stewart's in our divorce team what are you expecting from 2021 do you think divorce rates will be just as high That is our impression at the moment. We've obviously got this third national lockdown now. I don't think there's any particular reason to 
suspect that the pressures that people experienced first or second time round are not going to play out. So for example, as well as seeing the uptick through July and October in terms of inquiries, we also saw an uptick beyond what we had seen in previous years at the same period in December, which was, of course, when the sort of second shorter national lockdown came to an end. January, as you know, is sort of well publicised as being a point where every year you, you see a bit of an uptick in inquiries. That is what we've experienced this month. And we lock down, you're sort of seeing an uptick again, you know, because you'd think that maybe the first lockdown would sort of shake out, you know, relationships that were perhaps already heading in that direction. Yes, and I think what's really has been interesting to us, and it always sounds a little bit sort of unpleasant to say anything of this is interesting. Frankly, everything about this is very sad. But we've also seen a shift in the balance between male and female inquiries. So, for example, in September this year, which is, as I said, the sort of January and September tend to be kind of peak points every year, the inquiries were about the same as September 2019. But in September 2019, they were roughly evenly matched between female and male inquiries. Whereas in September 2020, the inquiries from females were almost double those of males. Between July and October this year, about 76% of new inquiries were generated by women compared to 60% in the previous year for the same period. In terms of going forward, I think this will continue for some time. I mean, it's a bit difficult because bad times can, in some marriages, precipitate the divorce. On a personal basis, what has it been like for you, sort of, during this period, watching this surge in divorces? I mean, is it quite odd? Is it sort of quite revealing? Does it make you wonder <laughs> how, how other people are coping with lockdown? I think one of the best things about our job, which is also one of the hardest things, is that people are letting you into their lives and entrusting you with their futures, in a way. And so I would always say that our job is a big privilege. People are telling you probably more than they've told their best friend, their GP, name who you want that people might confide in, and then they're trusting you to help them extract them, their children, their family from it in a hopefully dignified and, and positive way. So we have had to be very mindful, I think, of what is going on with people's mental health while they're going through this process with, without the same opportunities for support in place. Obviously, we're all individuals too, juggling these these same things in our own homes and our own situations. And I, I think it's up and down the country. It's the same thing. People have been trying very hard to keep their jobs going and, and keep their home lives, home lives going. And I think it's been challenging for everybody. I mean, we're very proud of the way that we've we've stepped up to it. Katie, how do you feel about it now? I mean, in some ways, are you grateful for the lockdown because it forced you to confront some fairly fundamental differences in your relationship rather than ploughing on, getting married 
and potentially finding the same problems emerge 10 years down the line. My lockdown has been absolutely absurd. So we were selling my flat to buy a property together. (laughs) So when I left him, then the estate agent called to say, oh, great, we've got an offer on your flat. (laughs) I said, oh, God, no, no, I can't take it. My whole life's fallen apart. And then I sort of went, actually, do you know what? I think I'm going to do it. So called back the estate agent, said, let's take it. Sold the flat in London and have moved to Cornwall. And I'd always had a sort of fantasy of living in the middle of nowhere and writing a book. And actually, I sort of like very strongly felt that sense of not mortality, but sort of, you know, like life can be short and you never know how it's going to change. And you should do the things that make you happy. And just sort of really took control and said, you know, I want to do the things that make me happy. It just felt like a really practical need, not a sort of fantasy. So I have left my fiancé, called off the wedding. That's it for the IVF. Sold my flat in London, have moved to Cornwall, where I'm talking to you now from a little barn. And uh, and so lockdown's been crazy. It's led me to make loads of other decisions in my life that feel really important. And what sort of a reaction did you get to your piece when it was published? It's important to share stuff because other people are in that situation. And the letters I got back were just absolutely, I mean, so moving, especially from some sort of women who are a bit older than me, who had been in really hard places and in their relationships, you know, and some who dealt with different types of domestic violence and talked about I wasn't brave enough to leave. And I'm not saying that mine would have sort of ended like that, but like I felt it was going down a road where I was going to just be really unhappy in that relationship. And I'm glad I was brave enough to leave. And I think, you know, maybe that bravery, leaving that made me feel brave about everything and think, well, I may as well go and live the sort of life I've always fantasised about and wanted. And so I just sort of went and managed to do it. So in some ways, I'm sort of glad that not lockdown, but definitely COVID and definitely that sense of mortality, it really had an effect on me where I decided actually you've got to sort of seize the day, right? So maybe I am glad for that. And I see loads of people. So I was going to say, so first of all, I sort of read an article about leaving my relationship. And then, of course, now I'm in this wave of people leaving London and going to the country. So I think loads of people are on the sort of journey I'm on where, like, it's really in both practical and maybe fantastical ways. They're really reassessing their lives. Like a lot of people, I'm struggling with work things. It's hard to get work. It's hard to travel in the way I would have done. But maybe I'm starting to realise that I used to work all the time and... You know, COVID has made me sort of prioritise the things I want out of life a bit differently. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guests, Katie Glass, feature writer, columnist and journalist, and you can read her piece at thetimes.co.uk. Emma Kenny, a psychologist and broadcaster, and Lucy Gold, a senior associate at Stewart's Law Firm. The producers today were Sevda Moyasari and Leona Hamid. The executive producer is Poppy Damon, and sound design was by Carla Patella. If you'd like to get in touch with any ideas for stories you'd like us to cover, or any thoughts on what you've just heard, then please do drop us an email at storiesofourtimes@thetimes.co.uk. See you tomorrow. Subscribe today and get one month free at thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.